0: You'll be energized by lots of practical tips, inspiring you to live a truly satisfying and meaningful life. Hello, everybody. Today, my guest is Seth Fontan Pennock. Seth has founded an amazing website that's a fantastic resource for those interested in learning about positive psychology, what's out there, who's doing it, how to learn about it, and much more. Here is a sneak preview of Ceph.
1: Positive psychology not being a spectator sport. It's really about living it and immediately putting the things that you've learned into practice.
0: Now, before we get into our interview, we have our Positivity Lens Activity. You know that I do this each week as a way to strengthen our positivity muscle and help us apply some of the learnings and insights. The more you practice, the better you'll get. And remember, what you focus on grows. Now, if you downloaded the Positivity Lens Activity Worksheet from the show notes page of last week's episode, which was positivitystrategist.com slash PS25, it's summarized three positive strategies that Susan Steinbrecker offered to us to help us stay heart-centered. Now, the first one was meditation. Respecting and devoting a sacred time for yourself to quieten your mind. The second tip was start or continue with your gratitude journal because the experience of writing down what you're grateful for each day compounds. And it begins to flow right through your day and across all your relationships. And the third one was to commit to some kind of physical exercise. Whatever it is that can fit into your daily routine. Because the benefits of exercise really work both for your body and for your mind. I hope you found benefit from applying these positive practices. And so now to this week's show. My guest this week is Seth Fontan-Pennock. Seth has such a great story to tell of building a community, a resource-rich service that I can't wait to dive into. And Seth is talking to me from Utrecht in the Netherlands. Seth, I'm so happy to have you on Positivity Strategist.
1: Happy to be here, Robin.
0: <laughs> great. And I'm so especially excited because Seth has such a vision and a mission He's created a website, a service that's fast becoming, if it hasn't already, the most fabulous and well-resourced site for anyone seeking information about positive psychology. It's like the Positive Psychology Commons. And now, Seth founded this site, and it has an awesome name, especially cool in the SEO world. The site is called Positive Psychology Programme. And this site, Seth says, is to enable and energize educators worldwide by sharing expert knowledge and experience within the field of positive psychology. So Seth, I'd love you to go on. Please tell us more about this amazing service, this product, this cause, this vision that you've started.
1: Well, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the show, Robin. It's, a, it's an honor. And uh, I love you, I'd love to tell you more about the positive psychology program. So um, how it started, that's an an interesting story. I remember I got into positive psychology some five years ago, and we can talk more about that later on. And I did a Google search for positive psychology, and the only thing that I found were these websites, mostly university uh, websites and the websites of other organizations, offering web pages with little to no value. So uh, that's when I figured, well, why, why can't there just be a website, you know, an enormously valuable resource where people like me who are interested in positive psychology can learn more about it and can use it as a starting point for further exploration. Um, so I guess this frustration of mine five years back has been my source of, yeah, been my drive to start my own initiative called positive psychology program almost one and a half years ago. So that's uh, that's how it started.
0: Wow! And so, what's been achieved in one and a half years since you started it? Because I think you've got some amazing statistics.
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. Especially since it's only been you know, live for a year and three months or something, I, it's been going really well. Uh, we have almost uh, ten thousand people uh, who subscribe to our newsletter. So uh, subscribe for our free ebook that we give away. That is, we have 1,000 uh, visitors uh, per day on the website at this point, and let's see, the, the average article on our website gets read by 1,500 people. So yeah, those are some uh, some nice uh, statistics. I'm- We're all very proud that uh, we've achieved that in such a short time.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, those statistics are quite enviable, particularly since it's like one and a quarter years.
1: That's that's, that's
0: great. Um, Oh, wow. I've got so many things I want to, so many directions I'd like to go in. So, um, I mean, the first one I want to go and I'll come back to your story. But that to me is especially exciting because it says something about the movement, if you will or the growth of positive psychology in the world. So what's your sense about that? You know, how we are, the we in the world, or this community of ours is really growing. When, well, you know, you say five years ago, you couldn't find very much and what you found was very academically oriented. So yeah. what are you learning? What are you discovering?
1: Uh, well, the growth, like, like you mentioned, it's, uh, it's, it's amazing. And I've seen it happening over, over the last five years. I remember looking up, you know, who was active in the field of positive psychology in the Netherlands. And those were only a handful of people back then, at least that I knew of when I did some research. And now it's it's all over the place. I mean, universities are considering to offer courses. Uh, people are so much involved from all over the world. I mean, we're getting emails on a daily basis from um, people from Africa, from Asia, really uh, Venezuela, really every Country you can imagine in the world, so I'm I'm getting a sense that it's growing very rapidly, but that we haven't yet achieved the point where it's really very big uh, field.
0: Yeah, but there's lots of opportunities, absolutely. Uh, in that short, but you know, I know that on Facebook you have almost 12,000 followers and uh, yep. the conversation is pretty rich. So yeah, I'm just really admiring of, of the effort and the work and the results that you're achieving because this is something that is obviously very dear um, to my heart too. We, sh- we share the same kind of mission. So how did you first become aware of positive psychology? What was happening five years ago for you?
1: Five years ago, I was studying uh, in, the, in Maastricht, in the southern part of the Netherlands, and I was also, besides my studies, always, you know, exploring exploring new topics. I was very interested in psychology and in philosophy mostly, so I was doing uh, doing some reading, and I remember um, searching online and finding this, this Harvard course that was called uh, Positive Psychology 1504, and I, um, I, that th- must have been the first online course that I stumbled upon. Mm. It sounded great. And I, I remember, you know, following it, going through it, going through uh, the readings, even, um, doing the exams by myself and um, downloading the whole, whole syllabus, buying the books. And, uh, I really invested a lot of time in it. And I enjoyed it so much because the first lecture I saw, this was, a course offered by uh, Tal Ben-Shahar, you mm-hmm. know, one of the most uh, legendary uh, teachers within the field of uh, psychology. I think he's a he's a big in- source of inspiration to me. Yes. Um, I just got completely, you know, sucked in, and I absorbed everything, and I immediately, intrinsically, I just felt like this is a field that I want to be involved in. This this field just makes so much sense to me. So yeah, that, that's uh, that's how I first heard about uh, positive psychology.
0: And what were you studying at the time?
1: I was studying international business, uh-huh. interestingly, which has nothing to do with uh, with my my passion for philosophy or uh, or psychology.
0: Oh, but you make a much better business person than probably who were doing traditional <laughs> conventional MBAs. Yeah, I hope it- so. Thank <laughs> you. And in fact, that's what I think is so exciting about this, because the way that you have operated in the last fifteen months to create this site and this community and this energy and this resource, and you know, really fits into this social world and this um, digital age of you know sharing and being a resource. You've, yeah. you've really kind of started a startup. I imagine you've just bootstrapped a startup, in a yeah, way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a sense in in which you can say that, yes. I started the whole initiative uh, together with my partner, Hugo Alberts, and he's an assistant professor at the University of Maastricht. And we decided that he uh, was going to build up a platform where he could offer the courses that he's teaching in real life um, at the university and for his uh, mindfulness um, company that he has, Uh, that he could offer those courses online. So he was going to set up that online courses platform, and I was going to build up uh, what's now a positive psychology program to um, to help them get the courses some traction and to you know build a community of people who are interested in the field. Um, but I think this got a little bit out of hand because positive psychology program has now grown much bigger uh, than that, and it's uh, it's really an initiative that's completely separate. From the courses uh, thing and we have over 12 team members and four of them are our official interns uh, at the moment so they're uh, dedicating themselves part-time to building out the website and spreading the word which is great so yeah i guess you could say it's it's kind of like a startup company that uh, that we've built up yeah
0: so the i was going to say the vision has evolved but maybe it's changed. I don't know. And maybe there wasn't a vision. It was just let's do this and we'll see what happens. And um, and this is what has happened. So yep. you said a team of 12 with four interns. So what about yep. the other eight people? There's you and there's Hugo. That's um, six. So what about the other six? What do they do? Yeah,
1: They're guest authors for the website. So oh, these right. are people who are, you know, contributing on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. They're giving feedback. They're interacting via by the comments and via social media as well. Um, So they're very much involved in the whole project, Mm -hmm. um, but not officially or not for a set amount of hours per week. Mm -hmm. But I do consider them colleagues or team members, yeah.
0: Yeah, great. And so what's your aspiration for positive psychology program?
1: At first, I I just wanted to create a webpage, one webpage, Uh, that presented an an overview of all the different courses that are out there. And I figured if I create this overview of all the courses, you know, the map programs around the world, the online courses, then eventually if Hugo finishes his online courses, we can present those in that list as well. Everyone will be happy, you know, and uh, that's how it will go. But uh, like you said, I think the the division gradually expanded. And I just went with the flow. I mm-hmm. feel like I just completely let the project shape and take form without trying to, to control it as much. Mm. And maybe maybe that, that's why it was, it's grown so big.
0: Yeah.
1: Does that answer the question?
0: Yeah, and two things come to mind as an organisation, originally an organisation development person, professional And focusing very much on leadership and strategy and vision and mission and those kind of traditional things that one focuses on in a business. I'm thinking that, you know, there's got to be something about your leadership that is enabling people to want to follow you. So I would be curious about looking at that. And then the other piece was definitely people being very committed and excited by your mission, what it is that you're doing in the world. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, when we first spoke, you know, um, about the possibility of of our doing this, um, having this conversation together, you spoke about it as a cause. Yeah. So um, say a little bit more about that and then we'll come back to the leadership thing. But um, in terms of the mission or, you know, the sense of purpose, how is it that you're framing it as a cause?
1: Yeah. Uh, that makes perfect uh, sense. And thanks for reminding me about that because that's the, the word I, I, I normally use for it. Um, because the cause is, I don't know, it's a term that uh, has a lot of meaning to it. And I feel like that's the best term to use for it because the, the cause is we want to create one piece of content that's extremely valuable for every single uh, question that someone has about positive psychology. So it's a it's a never-ending process. That's why why I'm so glad that so many people are getting involved because there are, there are a lot of questions uh, to answer at the moment, and um, a lot of people have come up and said, "Well, isn't the website uh, finished by now? You know, you've got an overview of the courses, of the researchers, of the books. I mean, it should be about done by now. But uh, we're not even at at ten percent, maybe not even at five percent of what we want to offer." Mm. Like I said, we want to ever to answer every single question that a student or an educator, a professor has related that has to do with the field of positive psychology.
0: So what about the interactivity piece? So not a traditional kind of site but somewhere where people can engage with each other, you know, like a forum or a community. Is yeah. is that happening or is that on, on the roadmap? Definitely.
1: Definitely. Definitely. I, I think engagement is such uh, is such an important thing on uh, on websites nowadays, but also for, for companies. Um, if, if the engagement is high with your product, with your brand, with your website, it's just a sign that you're doing things right. If your engagement is very low, it's the exact opposite. We're not building a company or uh, selling a product or anything like that. But still, I think it's uh, very important to try to get the engagement as high as possible. People don't want to just read a certain article about a topic. They want to, uh, to read an expert's uh, opinion on that article about that topic or about the topic itself. They want to interact with it. They, they want to leave a comment and see, uh, wait for a bit and see what the other uh, person has to say in response. I just think that's how the internet works nowadays. I think it's, uh, it's very interactive. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I, you've just reminded me, Seth, the way that we met. So um, it was um, promoting a particular positive psychology course to be put on by Barbara Fredrickson. Yes. And I yeah. found that on one of your tweets. I got very excited. I went to the website And so this is, you know, this is a real live example of how it's working for you. (laughs) So I went to Positive Psychology Program website Yep. And I signed up and said, I'm very excited and very grateful and can't wait. And you personally responded to me saying that, um, I, and I'm now paraphrasing, but you said something very complimentary, like, oh, you obviously don't need any introduction to positive positivity because of your very positive comment or something like that. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: and yeah. so we started. Yeah, it was lovely. So uh-huh. we started this um connection that came through social media and that's how I think probably many of us are making these really terrific connections today. But yeah, it was really living, it was living the values and living doing what you say you're doing. And so yeah. um I responded I mean we responded very warmly to each other because of that connection. So it's yeah. working and you know yeah. it's working to the point you've got 12,000 as I say fans on Facebook and you know, yep. all these hits every day. So well done. I'm just so impressed.
1: Well, thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Yeah. I, I think the example you just mentioned, you know, how we got in touch with each other, it's a great uh, example of, uh, of how things ha- has been going. Maybe <laughs> maybe even the best example. And it reminds me of what uh, Barbara Fredrickson uh, says in her uh, Coursera course. I, <laughs> like, I uh, like I told you, I was able to... Uh, To watch the first three out of the four videos that went live today. And she said something about positive psychology not being a spectator sport, Mm. which made a lot of sense to me. Like, it's not about, you know, watching or or just reading about it or watching other people do it online or, or anything like that. It's really about living it and immediately putting the things that you've learned into practice. Mm. And that—that's how I feel about positive psychology, and that's why you know the masters that you can do is called the masters of applied positive psychology. Yeah. Because it's all about applying it. That—that's where the where, thats where it becomes valuable. I think that's where the research becomes valuable. Otherwise, it's useless. So uh, we need to apply it in order to uh, to make the you know show its true value. I think.
0: I think that's fantastic, and I'm so pleased you told me that story because. I have this positivity lens activity that I do each week on my podcast show and my intention behind that, Seth, was not only to listen to the guests and hear of their experiences um, all with the focus around positivity and also appreciative inquiry, which as you know is um, an area of focus of my work, but I created this particular positivity lens activity segment so people could go out there and practice and apply the learnings from what they hear my guests say because it, it was exactly that point. It's not just listening to somebody and thinking, well, that's pretty cool or not, but it was, exactly. well, how can I actually put that into practice and make it work in my life?
1: Exactly.
0: And so for exactly. you to say that today is like a great, um, I don't know, I just feel really excited by having that um, by you saying that and knowing that you were relaying it from Barbara Fredrickson, who's one of my heroes.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely uh, g- going to check out what you did with that uh, on the website because that sounds great. So you got it the Positivity Lens?
0: I have this segment each week and it's called the Positivity Lens and okay. I there's a little worksheet that people can download and you would know the value of that. And in it, I summarise three tips. I call them positivity (laughs) strategies for the week. And so, for example, from our conversation today, I will invite you to come up with three tips or I, as I go through and I edit and listen to the show and write up my show notes about this, I will come up with three to five tips, strategies that I think are really powerful and I invite my listeners to go out there and put them on in the world to really try them out and so that they begin to integrate this positivity resonance into their being Yeah. and um, are using it and noticing the difference in themselves and in their relationships, whether they're at home or at work or at sport, you know, wherever they hang out. Yeah. Um, but just bringing it more consciously into your being, instead of like just listening passively to stuff, but really making it um, applicable to their own lives.
1: I know exactly what you're saying, and it's it's very important. I, I feel like a lot of people, and I've done this myself in the past as well, they are doing something with it, all of all the theory that they've learned from books and articles. They are doing something with it in their heads, but not in real life yet.
0: Did you say uh, they're doing it in their heads? Yeah, they're yeah. doing
1: it in their heads, yeah, yeah. exactly. I went to, uh, and this might sound a bit odd, but I went to a a Tony Robbins uh, seminar uh, last December in Florida. And um, of course, this is not, you know, he's not only preaching science over there, but a lot of the stuff he he talks about is actually based on on science, even from from positive psychology mostly. And I remember him saying um, if if there's nothing in your interaction uh, with another person, the changes as a result of what you've learned then you've not learned anything mm. and it, that made a lot of sense to me I was I was thinking okay I'm always I was always reading books you know and uh, I, I felt felt very smart I was still the same in my interactions with other people and I don't want to say I was the most uh, positive or outgoing person you know so this made me think well what's the value of it if I don't change in my interaction with, uh, with other people so that's really one of the tips that I uh, would like to give to your readers and listeners. Make sure that you, that you keep this in mind and uh, see what happens if you, uh, if you change who you are in relation to other.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the other yeah. thing too that you just reminded me of too, Seth, um, in relationship to Barbara Fredrickson and her research, having read Love 2.0, what I got out of that is what you've just reinforced and that is that Positivity resonance or these micro moments of love happen in connection and in relationship with other people. Yeah. And so it's very much about the relatedness between people that builds that positivity resonance.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Talk to me a little bit about what you have on the horizon, what you're aspiring to now that you've reached this degree of success. I'm going to say it's success. What else do you have the energy for?
1: Uh, interestingly enough, I haven't been thinking about what vision I have, but I feel like things are taking more concrete form every month. But what is very uh, exciting is what Hugo uh, has been building up. So this, uh, this online learning environment and the platform, uh, which we're going to use to offer the courses. He's building a course in strength finding. That's the first one, one that we'll, we'll be launching, hopefully this spring or maybe this summer. And I got to say, it's it's hands down the most user-friendly um, experience to, to follow the course, uh, the way it's set up. But also when it comes to the content, I mean, he's a perfectionist, but he definitely, he's definitely building something that, that's going to change lives. And I, I'm very excited about seeing him work on that and seeing the progress. And I just can't wait to, uh, to launch uh, the first course uh, together with him.
0: Absolutely. How amazing that you have this partnership with Hugo, to be able to work with somebody who can put this kind of course out into the world. Sepp, I'm going to ask you a, an appreciative inquiry question here now, and I really want to hear from you about what you appreciate or value about yourself in doing the work that you're doing with Positive Psychology Program.
1: Interesting question, Robin. I think it's my self-discipline. I think that that's the thing I, I, I value most about myself. Yeah. Go on. Okay. <laughs> um, so I am, um, you, you just saw it when we had our, our webcams on, you saw this grid, you know, on the wall. Mm-hmm. It's actually planning. At the top there is goals and then it's a weekly planning. And then below there is a, a planning for the whole month. And I use this grid. I call it my achievement card system. It's something I made up to, and make sure that I, I reach my goals so i just set a uh, set of goals for the whole year then i divide them per month you know what do i need to do on a monthly basis to be able to achieve this goal at the end of the year and then the month i divide in the in the four weeks and so every week i have very concrete steps that i need to take in order to reach my goal at the end of the year <laughs> this might sound a a little bit OCD but uh, it works really well you know I, th- I think uh, my self-discipline um, enables me to to stick with this system and at the end of the year you know achieve my goals and I, I really value that very highly and um, I think it can bring out the best in people if you set goals that are realistic and ambitious, but you shouldn't have to be working eighty hours per week to achieve them. You know, if that makes sense,
0: I am so impressed, and I think you have an online course. It could be how you can do a project management plan based mm. on positive psychology. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah,
0: have you have you done the VIA instrument?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, I, yeah, a couple of times.
0: And can you remember what your strengths are?
1: Um, Yeah. Love of learning is my uh, top one character strength. Creativity is in the top three as well. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure what it's called, but it has to do with uh, self-control or self-discipline as well. I'm not sure what the exact term is that they use for the uh, questionnaire. Mm-hmm. But that was among my uh, among my top strengths as well.
0: Yeah, that's why I asked. I wondered if something. and I don't know what the word around self discipline either is either. But I wondered if that was one of them. So um, obviously, and so that you feel very energized when you're working in this way, because yeah. it's a character strength, right? A signature strength of yours. Very exactly. good.
1: Exactly. Yeah, and your and love of learning. I mean, I get plenty of those as well. Wow. So
0: yeah, yeah. that's that's in my top. 5-2, love of learning. Very nice. Um, oh,
1: what's, your, what's your top one strength? Now you can pick your-
0: Um Well, it's actually gratitude. Yeah,
1: gratitude.
0: <laughs> <laughs> gratitude, love of learning, love. Okay. Yeah. And so I've had this conversation actually with Judy Krings on an earlier episode and we both laughed because I said when I first discovered what my signature strengths were, I thought, well, no wonder I'm not. Hugely successful financial entrepreneur with character strengths like gratitude and love, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, I did have ingenuity, which is a good one. So ingenuity is okay. one, is one of mine too. So that's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But well, anyway, I mean, I mean, the Dalai Lama is not a successful businessman either, is he? But <laughs> I mean, he's, he's one of the most wonderful persons on the planet. So oh,
0: thank I, you I, for thank you for comparing me to the Dalai Lama. I know yeah, you won't, exactly. but, but actually, that was a, it was a compliment. <laughs> um, in fact, humility is another one. So you've just reminded me. So yes, maybe I should become a um, a monk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you ever need a career. Uh, change you know you can always consider I know I can
0: actually start working to my my real strengths that's great Yeah, yeah. yeah. so how do you define positivity what does it mean to you
1: positivity for me means anything uh, between 0 and 10 if that makes sense I mean if you're talking about positivity you start introducing this duality you know if there's positivity there has to be negativity Mm. so there are two poles if you start talking about positivity so I see this as a, as a zero point in between, as a, as a balance point, and on the one side there is zero to minus 10, and on the, on the other side there's zero to plus 10. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the balance point can never be, be reached, you know, you can never be uh, in a situation where you're exactly at, at zero, it's always fleeting, you know, you're always either going from the negative to the positive, or from positive to the negative, or from certain positive point to a higher or to a lower positive point. So I I think uh, what's interesting about this is that we're always either experiencing that we're under that, that center point or uh, above that center point. And positivity for me to, to answer your question means <laughs> any place that you're feeling you're feeling good and you're experiencing positive emotions, That that's between the, the zero and the plus.
0: Mm. I've not heard it described that way before and I really like it. I mean, it is a continuum
1: and, yeah, we, and, exactly. we,
0: and we need both. I totally agree with that. Seth, is there anything else that you would like to talk about either to do with positive psychology program or anything else that – um, I haven't brought up, or something that comes to mind to you right now that you would like to share with the listeners.
1: Um, yeah, there, there is, as a matter of fact. Um, I, I just got reminded of uh, I, I was in the sitting in the, in the sauna uh, yesterday, and um, these these men were talking. And at a certain point, they uh, included me in the conversation, and they started asking questions like, "What are you doing?" And I told them about my work and i also told them about positive psychology program of course and they um, they started asking uh, asking more questions about it and uh, at a certain point i said well it's about positive psychology and i started explaining you know what the academic field of positive psychology is all about and then he said uh, one of these these men uh, he said well then you must have a lot of competitors you know all these Uh, all these positive people, he called them, you know, all these people who are into positive thinking, like uh, the New Age movement and the secret, that, that was kind of what he was referring to. And I thought, well, it's so typical, you know, because it's an academic field, you know, rigorous academic research is being done every day. And we are enjoying the results of that, of course. But it still has this stigma of being positive thinking, which is extremely shallow. And maybe it's a part of positive emotions you know but i consider it a field of research like an academic field of research and not something that you do in order to to feel happy we need to collaboratively think of a way that we can get rid of this this stigma or at least find a a way that we can easily explain what positive psychology is about without people getting confused you know and confusing it with positive thinking
0: yeah, I really like that direction and I have to say that when I first heard about appreciative inquiry, which is over 10 years ago, I had only a very superficial understanding of what it meant and the positive principle is one of the five foundational principles of appreciative inquiry. And when I did my certification with David Cooper Ryder at Case Western, I admitted to the fact that I was a little bit sceptical because I come from, coming from Australia, I come from an Anglo-Saxon kind of cultural heritage and I thought the positive stuff, and you know, I'd done Tony Robbins and all of that sort of stuff too and I was um, an NLP practitioner, so I still had this sense about it being very Pollyanna, like. yeah, And, you know, in America where I now live, it was all about, you know, have a smiley face and have a happy day. And so finding that there is this rigor and this science and this, all these theoretical underpinnings was such an opportunity for me to feel like my intuition actually had a solid foundation and a framework that I didn't have to feel apologetic about my (laughs) worldview
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) You say it's so much better uh, than I do, but that's exactly what I meant. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, and you know, so it is great to think that we have all this scientific research, and you know, with the information and the the science that is coming out of neuroscience supports all of this too. So it's not only just the psyche, and it's the and it's the brain science, and all of this stuff coming together that gives us a good foundation, as I've already
1: said. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know,
0: many of my guests who come on the show, they share the same sense that they felt legitimized because they had this intuition and they, you know, had this strong spirit of optimism and hope and faith, not in any religious sense at all, but just in the goodness of humankind and and so when you find that yes there is something something out there that supports that it's it's great
1: exactly yeah how many people worldwide are into the field of positive psychology or somehow involved do you think i have no idea yeah
0: yeah it would be
1: interesting to find out
0: yeah well it's growing (laughs) very rapidly so
1: yeah that's one thing that's for sure yeah
0: yeah so, Seth, I think I ha- is there any other tip that you would like to share? I think I've got two. I mean, one is definitely about the you know the communication, um, yeah. how we how we are fully responsible for the results that we get in how we communicate and how we impact people. The yeah. other one was around the self discipline, so being very clear about if we have a vision or we have certain goals, to put a rigor or a process around that. I think that yeah. is also very helpful. And I'm thinking of a third one. So maybe something comes to you as to yeah. what you might like to leave the listeners with.
1: Well, I, I always like it when the person that I'm listening to gives some, some recommendations for uh, books to read or movies to watch and uh, things like that. So I do have a recommendation, one book and, uh, and one movie actually, that are very much related to the field of uh, positive psychology. So the book that I'm currently reading, the Talent Code.
0: Talent Code, okay. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the first or second chapter, they asked the question: Well, how come that Brazil has brought so many amazing soccer players into the world? You know, how come they're all from Brazil? You know, Ooh. These big names, and then I, I, I was like, okay, that's that's a that's a really interesting question to ask. You know, I'm really curious how they're going to answer this question which they did, and I was amazed by the answer. Because, of course, Brazil has a, has a good climate. It's not like here in the Netherlands where you can't go outside and play because it's raining all the time or because it's freezing. Mm-hmm. So Brazil has a climate. So the kids go out very young and they play soccer in the streets or street soccer, you know. And um, so that's a part of it, the climate. Uh, well, the country has a, has a big passion for, for soccer as well. And people are pretty poor over there as well. So the, the kids grow up and they want to be soccer players because soccer players are rich. So mm-hmm. they're very motivated to, to go out and play soccer. Mm-hmm. But, um, those reasons weren't, weren't sufficient. Uh, they actually found something that uh, has been the number one contributing factor to you know, why Brazil has so many great soccer players. And that's because they have this sort of indoor football they call it football the salua or, or something like that like indoor football and they all the kids play it from a very young age. It's a way smaller field being played with a ball that is twice the, twice the, the way of a normal uh, football. So what they find found out is that these kids you know and all the great soccer players when they were kids they um, used to play this game because it's on a way smaller field, you're a player you have control of the ball six times as much as in a normal game so the practice becomes more intense Uh and uh, they found that because of this you don't have uh, as much space so you need to be really creative in your maneuvering around the field the the brain of the the soccer players uh, changed as well because of this and their brain in combination with the intense training has led to the factor of them uh bringing up so many great players. So I thought this is really interesting because, you know, this applies to a lot of other fields as well. And I'm really curious to explore, you know, how this applies to learning languages, for instance. Mm. So they, they showed that there is this myelin that's called and changes the way your, your brain functions. It's, it's really interesting. So <laughs> but maybe a long story, but um, yeah, interesting to check out.
0: Great. So what's the movie?
1: Uh, The movie is called Whiplash. It's a 2014 movie, I believe. And it's about a a drummer who is very motivated to become the best drummer in the world. Mm -hmm. And he has a a teacher who is probably the harshest uh, teacher ever. Wow. It's it's really interesting.
0: That's interesting.
1: It's It's about passion gone too far.
0: It doesn't sound like it's a positive psychology kind of message, the way you describe it.
1: No, um, I think that, uh, no, I think no. I I think there is a positive psychology message in there as well because this guy has so much ambition and so much passion for playing drums, and he he goes uh, too far in this passion, and then you get to see the flip side, mm-hmm. you know, the flip side of passion or the flip mm-hmm. side of positive psychology. You know what happens if you if you go too far, and mm-hmm. I think it's really really interesting for us to to take a look at that side as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, that comes back to your description earlier. You did see it on this continuum. And it's like anything, you know, your greatest strength can also be your greatest weakness. Well, look, thank you, Seth. This has been fantastic. We've had a lovely conversation. We've gone a little bit all over the map and that's okay. (laughs) 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 Because, I mean, one of the things that I love about doing the podcasting is, and I said this in an episode that I did where I did an interview on myself, and I said some of the high points for me, uh, having these generative conversations so they sort of evolve. But the, the best thing is, I think, when you have an opportunity to laugh with people, and we've had a few opportunities to laugh together to t- today, <laughs> yeah, and I yeah. that is just wonderful to be able to do that with you. And yeah. since you're over there in Europe and in the Netherlands, in Utrecht, and here I am in New Jersey in the United States, and um, so, yeah, the world's a beautiful place.
1: It's great right? that we're able to connect like this.
0: Okay. That's fantastic. Thank you. And as I said, Seth, um, all the links and the books that you referred to and so on, I'll put those on our show notes page. And um, so people can can follow that and they'll know where to find you if they wish to reach out to you. And absolutely, everyone needs to go to Positive Psychology Program to see the fabulous resources that you have there on your site.
1: Well, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much, Seth. And we'll be in touch. Thank you.
1: Talk soon, Robin. Bye-bye.
0: In this week's Positivity Lens activity, don't forget to download the worksheets on the show notes page for this episode, which is slash PS26. I invite you to think about how you can bring more positivity into your life after listening to Seth. First thing, act on your learnings and insights. It's the applications of the learnings that's the key to success. If you only cognitively learn something and don't change how you behave, or how you interact with people in a good way, then it's a lost opportunity. Number two was practice self discipline. Know what you want, set goals, and create a plan to start achieving them. Seth had big whiteboards in his office and he works his plan. That's how he's achieved so much in such a short time self discipline. And number three, be inspired by what you're learning. Find out your preferred learning modalities, formally or informally. Seth referred to a book that's currently inspiring him and also a movie. So go out there and find a movie or a book or some other resource that's going to inspire you this week to learn and grow. Also, you can be notified of new episodes by email. Links to all these suggestions are available on positivitystrategist.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening and remember what you focus on grows, so grow towards your best.